you have to have growth. You just do. You, you have to have money in the market, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, precious metals, exchange-traded funds, real estate, whatever it is, to hedge against things like inflation and healthcare costs and long-term care. But one of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett is, you would be crazy to risk what you have for something you don't need. regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the retirement fitness plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what shape you're in now. Annuities, what are they? How do they work? Do they make sense? Ed is here to help us wade through the good, the bad, and the ugly of annuities. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all of our questions and give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, man, that was kind of Clint Eastwood-esque, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, the subject today for this show is annuities. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm using myself as an example is to make all of you out there feel a little bit better. When I first was out taking my life, health, and annuity licensure, I can remember sitting through. I obviously sat through the class, took the test, everything, and then I came in and started dealing with what they were in the workplace. And I can only tell you, I still struggled with annuities for many years. Many years. Because they didn't really explain it where it made sense. It was, it's, it's a foreign language. I mean, it really is. I look at a lot of things. Life application is so key. It is. And if you don't understand the lingo, you know, it's all these industry terms and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's horrible. It really, really is. So we'll just kind of wade through that craziness because there is good. There's definitely bad and there's a lot of ugly. <laughs> well, <laughs> help us understand annuities. And make people feel better about the fact that it sounds like a bad word when you say it. It does. Everybody kind of runs in, oh my gosh, that's horrible annuities. And here's the thing, um, you know, it's just like anything else, you know, when it comes to investing, it's a tool. Annuities are a tool just like stocks are, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, precious metals, investment real estate, you know, whatever it is. And here's the thing is that the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to tools that they use for their retirement or as they transition into it is they become polarized, right? It's either really good or really bad and there's nothing in between, you know, so love them or hate them. But, you know, each tool has a purpose. Right. So, you know, I say this all the time. You have to have the right tools to get you to where you want to go, you know, to finish your plan. 
I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So, I mean, you wouldn't use a hammer to cut a piece of wood, right? <laughs> I know, it's stupid. This is one that's going to be worse, right? You're not going to use a drill to hammer a nail, right? So you need to use the right tool for the right purpose. That's why having a plan is so important. If you don't have a plan, there's no way to know what tools to use that's going to better your situation as people transition into retirement or even if they're already retired. So that's probably the most important thing to get out of the way. Well, and I think we're coming to talk about annuities because of the volatility that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, right. And there's nothing perfect. I say this all the time. There's no perfect tool. There's no perfect investment. You know, you just have to find out what's going to be the best for your situation at, at that point in time. And it is hard. So, you know, understanding the different types of annuities, right? Be, because there are different types, the, the lingo, the industry terms, they make it really hard and it really doesn't have to be. So we're going to try and, and simplify it so that it'll even make sense for me. Yeah, it's like translating a foreign language. It is. So we're going to break it apart. We're going to be repetitive. Okay. So, you know, just like when I teach classes, I always bring up everything first and then we repeat it a couple times. So we're going to talk about the terms first. Then we're going to talk about the different types of annuities. And then we're going to apply the terms that we talked about first to each annuity so that that way it makes sense. And we're going to give some examples. How's that sound? That sounds great. Well, and the best part of this being a podcast is you can listen to it over and over again. <laughs> or not, you know. <laughs> All right. So let's get started. Well, I'm going to start off by saying it sounds like a bad word. When you say annuities, especially in the financial realm, people cringe. So why is that? Uh, you went right for the throat on that one. The, the death kill, right? Okay, so think of it this way. I mean, how many families have we helped over the years that have pensions? Well, almost all of them. Yeah, a lot, right? Okay, so when people say, oh, annuities are horrible, well, that's what a pension is. A pension is an annuity, right? So they're not all bad, right? Having said that, you really need to understand how they work. And so purchasing a tool like an annuity, you need to make sure that it's going to solve a problem, better your situation so that that way it can put you in the right perspective, you know, for retirement, even if you're already retired. So let's kind of go through some of the, the basic terms. I'm going to give a brief explanation up front. Then we're going to go back and talk about the different types of annuities and apply all that. All right. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So let's talk about some of the terms. So we're going to talk about crediting methods. And this is what people really don't understand. So crediting, how they work, how they make money, mm -hmm. and how they don't make money. All right. So crediting methods are how you get to participate in the interest rates and growth in the annuity. So the first one is a cap. So a cap says that you can earn up to a certain amount. So if it's a 4% cap or 5% cap, that's the maximum that you can earn no matter what. Got it. Then you have participation rate. So participation rate is how much of that growth can you actually participate in? And this is really important. We'll get into based on time frames like bonds here in a minute. But how much can you actually participate in? Can you participate in 100%, over 100%, 50%, 20%, you know, and what makes sense? And then you have spreads. So the spread is probably the toughest concept for most people to understand. A spread is the percentage amount that the insurance carrier, the insurance company is allowed to make, whether it's 1%, 1.5%, 2%, 3 3%, 4% spread. Over what? Which comes off the top. And so I'm going to give an example because there are companies that only have one. 
of these. Some have two, and then some have all three. So, you know, and, and these are the things. That's why you have good, bad, and ugly, right? And then you need to know industry terms like a rider. So what's a rider? So a rider is something that's put on to – so annuities are policies, okay? They're insurance policies. And you can buy riders on them just like you can like with a life insurance or even long-term care that allow you to do things over and above what a traditional policy allows for, but you pay for it, okay? Then you have, when it comes to fees, you have rider charges, all right? You have mortality fees, you have expense fees, you have administrative fees, you have average account fees, okay? And we're going to break this down so it'll make more sense. Some have all of it and some have just, you know, a few of those fees. but And some have none. And then you have surrender charges. So the surrender charge is that is you're giving, it's an exchange, right? So you're giving up something, which is time, um, in order to get something in return, right? So if you pull your money out early, just like a CD, you're going to get a penalty. That's a good comparison. So it's a commitment of time. It is. All right. So now let's go through and talk about the different types of annuities. And I I think as we go through these, they'll make a little bit more sense. I'm going to try not to get down a rabbit hole, but it's really easy to do because there's a lot of intricacies, you know, as we go through And I guess what I want to come out of this overall is... There is no stupid question when it comes to annuities and that you should be asking a lot of questions till you understand. Number one, if you don't understand it, never buy it. That's exactly. That's number one. Okay. Number two, even if you understand it, but you can't figure out how it can help your situation, don't do it. Okay. And if you're still not clear and you're like, you know what? I just, I'm not sure. Don't do it. Well, and, and, I think on the other side of this, uh, a financial advisor giving direction, if they are unable to answer all of your questions, then that should also be a walk away. If you're a fiduciary, that's why you should always work with a fiduciary because the, the whole role as a fiduciary is to always do what's in your best interest, whether they make a penny on it or not. And so to, to put your interest above their own. Okay. And the only way to do that is for them to understand what it is that they're recommending. Exactly. There's four basic types of annuities. So you have an immediate annuity, a fixed annuity, a fixed indexed annuity, and a variable annuity. So now let's go ahead. We're going to start with the easiest first, which is an immediate annuity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And, you know, with an immediate annuity, the rate of return is usually pretty low. All right. It's, it's pretty close to, to prime. All right. So right now that's nothing, <laughs> nothing, right. It's about a half a percent and it's that rate that determines the monthly payout. So an immediate annuity is just like it sounds. If you put in whatever that dollar amount is, 50,000, hundred thousand, 200, whatever that is, then you start receiving those funds immediately. All right. And it is based on whatever that interest rate is, you know, for 10 years, certain, which means no matter what, it's guaranteed for 10 years or lifetime or joint life. Okay. Got it. And so just to understand that the principal, all right, so the amount that you put in, it's not protected and you can't lose it. It's just gone. Right. Because you're immediately chipping away at it. You're chipping away at it. Okay. And that's why when, you know, some immediate annuities are 10 year certain, which means, you know, God forbid you use this tool and 12 months into it, you pass away, then your beneficiaries receive, you know, nine years of those payments or whatever that principal balance is left. But if you sign up for lifetime income, 
and you kick it. It's gone. Then it's gone. It's gone. Yep. That's the important component to that one. And so, you know, taxes are a big part of this too, because the principal, which is your cost basis. So if it's after tax or if it's an IRA, it's completely different. But let's just say that it's a after tax money. You've already paid the taxes on it. You're going to pay taxes on the growth. All right. Whatever. So just like a dividend. Okay. And it's going to be ordinary income. Got it. All right. Now, obviously, if it's an IRA, it's 100% taxable. If, if it's a pre-tax or traditional IRA or a Roth, it's 100% tax-free. Okay. So lifetime income, that is the rider. We already talked about that. That is available. Can you say, I have changed my mind and I want my money back? No, you cannot. So once it's in there, it's in there. From the moment that they start getting, because isn't there 30 days or something like that now on all? Free look period. Yep. yep. So, but once you start getting that check, it's done. Why would anybody do this? You know, someone who wants that guaranteed income, they, you know, for whatever reason, they, they just want to know that it's going to be there. And, you know, that's their pension. And that's really what it is. Okay. So let's talk about the uh, fixed annuity. So the fixed annuity, think of it, it's the insurance version of a bank CD is really what it is. So it typically has a little bit higher rate. Then a bank CD, the, the terms, they don't have them six months and one year, but they're usually two, three, five, seven, you know, we've seen nine and, and 10 years. And traditionally, the longer you go out, the higher the rate, but right now, not so much. Well, I was just looking at the rates before we started the show, and the rates are higher for some companies than the average CD, but not much because everything's so low right now. And the biggest difference that I've seen between CDs and fixed is the initial investment. You can't do a $1,000 annuity. Well, that's true. So most of them have a minimum of five or, or 10 or 25,000. And the principal is protected, all right? Just like with the uh, CD, that principal, that money that you put in, whatever that dollar amount is, that five, 10, 15, 25,000 or more, you can't lose it. Okay. The growth is tax deferred. So it compounds. All right. Now from a taxability standpoint, again, you can have uh, fixed annuities that are IRAs. And so everything, including the growth, just like a traditional IRA, when it comes out, it's hundred percent taxable. Mm -hmm. Roth, um, it's hundred percent tax free. Gotcha. Now, if we're using after-tax money, what I mean is money that we've saved in our own bank account, and then we're saying, you know what, I want something more than a half a percent or 1%, and I can get 1.75, and I'm going to stick it in a fixed annuity, as an example, right? Then those earnings, that 1.75% that's being compounded, when you pull it out, it's LIFO, right? It's an accounting term, last in, first out. So those earnings are 100% taxable, but it, they're all tax deferred until you pull the money out. So let's just say that you did a three-year term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like a CD, you can continue to roll it over and over and over. But unlike a CD where you have to pay it every year, you don't. You just defer it. This is kicking the can down the road, right? Kicking the can down the road. That's exactly it. <laughs> Man, you do hear me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I say that all the time. Isn't that horrible? And then you can take a lump sum. So unlike an immediate annuity, if you say, you know what, I'm done, just give it to me now. At the end of the term, it's yours. It's, it's walkaway money. Now, if in the middle you say, you know what, I, I want my money now, just like a CD, there's a surrender charge. And that is the reason you're getting the rate that you are, you're giving up something, which is the time, right? The bank or the insurance company, whether it's a CD or fixed annuity, they're buying another instrument, that they're making more money on, 
Okay, so if they're giving you 1.75, they're making whatever it is, two and a half, three percent. And so they've already locked that money up. And so when you pull their money out, they have to pull it out. And so they have to charge you to make up the difference. I think that's a really good point of showing how the money is made on all sides. Yeah. And when people say, especially in 401ks, we're going to do one of our next shows is on 401ks. And they're like, yeah, I don't, it's free. <laughs> yeah. There's no fees. Well, just like anything. Yeah. There's nothing free. I mean, you're paying for it somewhere. You just have to understand what it is. All right. So let's talk about fixed indexed annuities. So, so these next two are a little uh, confusing. All right. So a fixed indexed annuity is the, uh, it has greater, higher potential than a fixed annuity because you have the ability to mimic an index. You're not participating in the index. You're mimicking it. Okay, so that's a big distinction because it's not an investment. You're buying an insurance policy. Okay, and for that reason, you know, they're charging different fees. And that goes back to the caps, the participation rate, the spreads, the surrender charges. That's going to be the trade-off. And we'll get into detail here in a minute. And as you're participating in whatever that index is, that growth is being deferred. Okay. Yep. And we're going to talk about returns here in a minute, but I just want to set the stage and kind of plant that seed. The principal is protected. It's guaranteed. All right. Now, each year, depending on whether it's a one-year, three-year, two-year, okay, index strategy commitment, which we'll talk about, but again, I'm planning the seed here. Once it hits that one-year or two-year or three-year, it locks in those returns, and so it can never go backwards. Like this year when the market was down over 36%. Zero is zero, and... You can't lose any money. Yeah. All right, you can't lose your principal. And once it's locked in, you can't lose the, the lock-in amount. So it just, right, it resets every year, or every two years, or every three years. Depending on that strategy. And the growth is tax deferred for after-tax money. Okay. And, and even for, for IRA. So again, it's the same tax treatment. If it were a traditional IRA, it's going to be the same thing. That money is, it, it grows tax deferred. And when it comes out, the original contribution, as well as all growth, it's hundred percent taxable as ordinary income. Okay. So as you're buying these annuities, you need to understand the taxability because it does have an impact on Medicare, your means-based testing, as well as social security. So, you know, it should be, again, part of your overall plan and strategy. Again, this is where that puzzle is the best visual to provide to people because the puzzle is connected to other pieces. And if you don't have them all... The circle, right? The retirement fitness plan, you got to have, you can't have one without the other. I mean, that, and that's key. And so the same thing with a Roth, right? So it's just treated just like... Like a Roth. So that growth is tax deferred, but the original contribution, because you already paid the taxes on it, right? It comes out tax free along with any and all growth. So you don't owe taxes on it. But if it's after tax money, that basis, whatever you put in, all right, whatever you've already paid taxes on is not taxed, but the growth is. Gotcha. LIFO, last in, first out. Yep. Okay. Because Uncle Sam wants their money first. <laughs> so la let me just explain it. So last in, first out. So if you have the principal of $100,000, let's just say that it grows 5%. So now it's 105000 and you cash it in and you say, give me my money. Okay. Well, you pay taxes first on that $5,000. So the last in is the interest, okay, that was earned because the first in was the principal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it completely makes sense. Okay. And you have the ability for uh, lifetime income. And not just lifetime income for you, but for your spouse. So it could, you could have joint lifetime income. 
which is really important because if it makes sense for your plan to have lifetime income and that's your joint pension, right, then that's a big deal. We're working with a family right now. Unfortunately, they, they lost their spouse. But the spouse really did a great job, you know, putting things together and they have that guaranteed income. So the surviving spouse, that is their income for life. So they don't have to worry about things. You know, does that make sense all the time? No, but in this, it did for this situation. It's like a paycheck coming from your investment. It's just that that monthly paycheck. It's a guaranteed pension paycheck every month, right? Now taxes are owed, but you can count on that income. All right. Who does it make sense for? It makes sense for those people who are looking for more potential upside than a CD or a fixed annuity, but still having that principal protected. And so that is really important when we're talking about different strategies as part of the overall plan and looking at different fees and, you know, the crediting methods and how they're getting the additional income. Because when you enter into retirement, you're looking to continue If you're not taking income, you're looking just to protect that principle and build upon it like stair steps, just those stair steps going up. The up and the down volatility, you can't afford that when you're in retirement. So you need growth, safety, income, and growth. That's that's our the whole premise behind the retirement fitness plan, right? You have to have growth. You just do. You, you have to have money in the market, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, precious metals, exchange-traded funds, real estate, whatever it is, to hedge against things like inflation and healthcare costs and long-term care. But one of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett is, you would be crazy to risk what you have for something you don't need. I've said it before, we probably, the families that we help and I'm being conservative, 90% that come in have the majority of their money. When I say majority, 90, 95%, some 100% still in the market when they're retired. Yeah. And as they go through and they start to understand, they're like, okay, now that I get it, you know, hey, let's take some chips off the table. Now, the last 10 years, that's that's been good up until this year. Thank goodness it recovered. Well, waking up every morning and watching that news feed, uh, that's got to be super stressful. Okay. So let's talk about the last one, the variable annuities. Okay. So when we talk about variable annuities, these are the ones that probably fixed indexed annuities, FIAs, are really confusing, okay, especially when we're talking about crediting methods and everything else. But variable annuities are just as confusing, sometimes if not more confusing, because they have layered fees. So, all right, so let's just go through it. So number one, the rate of return, it's just like you're investing in the market, but you're investing in sub-accounts, not in the individual stocks, Okay, or mutual funds or ETFs, so they're sub-accounts. So, sorry, I'm going to make you explain sub-accounts to those of us that don't understand what a sub-account is. So, a sub-account, those are investments that were already purchased by that insurance carrier, okay, that you're now investing in, all right? So, you don't actually own those underlying mutual fund shares or stocks or bonds or whatever it is, exchange-traded funds, you just own the shares of what the company's already bought. Okay. Okay. So that's why they call it a sub-account. And then they charge a fee for it. So we'll get into the fees here in a second. That's where I was going next. So Now, here's the big thing is that the principal is not protected. It's just like you're investing in the market, like we were talking about growth, right? So I should have said variable annuities underneath there because it's 100% at risk, okay? Now, the growth, again, it's just like from a tax perspective, it's tax deferred, just like the fixed annuity, fixed indexed annuity, whether it's a traditional IRA or Roth, okay, or after tax. So it's the same tax treatment. Nothing has changed. 
It does have a lifetime income rider that is available. And so that lifetime income that's available, you know, just like the fixed index annuity, they, they charge a fee for it. Okay. And there's some nuances because each company is a little bit different, but we've come across a couple situations with different carriers where they, they call it a separate gas tank or they have different terminology for it, but it's a separate account, but it's not walk away money. All right. So just like with a fixed indexed annuity, and I wanted to get to this, the variable annuity first, so we can kind of compare all right, and contrast. When you're talking about the lifetime income benefit rider or enhanced income, what, you know, whatever the terminology is. Which there is. Yeah, they call them different things. Different carriers call them different things. It's a completely separate account and it's not walk away money. So let's just say that you put in $100,000 and it's the same whether it's a fixed indexed annuity or a variable annuity. Okay. And you have a lifetime income rider on it and it grows to $200,000, right? And at the end of seven years or 10 years, whatever it is, you say, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and give me my money. Well, you put in 100000 The income account is 200000 but the accumulated cash value is 150. How much do you get? 150. You get 150. Okay. That 200000 has nothing to do with the walkaway cash. It has everything to do with the income that you're able to draw on. All right. And that's important because as you're drawing down, whether it's a fixed indexed annuity or whether it's a variable annuity, when you're drawing down on that $200,000, all right, it's actually still drawing down on that $150,000. Okay. In, in both situations. So if you pull out over however many years, because the withdrawal amount is based on your age and the withdrawal amount or with variable annuities, it says that you can pull out four and a half or five percent or six percent, you know, whatever that cap is. And, you know, it'll be guaranteed for life. But what happens is as you're pulling that down, it also draws down directly on principal accumulated cash value. So if you pull down 50,000 and you say, I'm done, give me my money. Okay. Well, you don't have 150 left. Your walk away is now 100,000. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So I'll just go through it again. So if the income value is 200. Yep. All right. The accumulated cash value, which is the cash value. If you say I'm done, you get 150, not the 200. But at the end, when you say, you know what, I pulled out $50,000. Now I'm done. Just give me my money. Okay. You only get the 100,000. So you're giving up the rest of that accumulated value inside of the income rider, that separate account. Got it. Okay. I know it's so confusing and it's hard to do it because I write everything down. I'm actually writing it down as we talk so I can make sure that I'm explaining it well. Now here's the problem. The difference between a fixed indexed annuity and a variable annuity is that the fixed indexed annuity is that 100,000 or that 150,000 accumulated cash value that principal is protected. So this year, right, when the market went down 36%, it didn't lose any money. Whereas with a variable annuity, it did. So depending on how you're invested, you could have lost nothing. You could have lost a couple percent. You could have lost 36% or, or more. Well, I think the biggest thing that differentiating the two is referring to guaranteed withdrawal benefit and guaranteed 
income. Those two words are interchangeably used. They're completely different. And they're completely different. Yeah. And and so I know we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Let's break this up into a couple episodes. So let's go through what that is real quick first, because this is important. And then we'll kind of wrap it up here and then we'll, we'll come back next week and... And revisit. Yep. I think that'll be a little more helpful. This is that kind of technically... Challenging. So what happens is, not all of them, but with some of the variable annuities, once that account, that principal account, that main walkaway money goes down to zero, your income, it doesn't go away, but it can get cut pretty drastically. So we've had a, a couple families that we're helping where we have gone through this and we've called, I mean, we're thinking of the the one couple that we've helped over the years. They purchased this before they started working with us and we called every single year. And the last two years, we got a different answer and it was recorded right on that recorded line. And they're like, yeah, we, we gave you misinformation. Yeah. Once it goes to zero, her benefit is going to be reduced by over 40%. Well, you know, that's a big difference when you're on a fixed income. When you're counting on that lifetime income for the rest of your life, and now all of a sudden it's going to be cut by 40%. Think of that as like a 40% tax. I mean, that's huge. So let's go ahead and, and end it there for today, for this show, this podcast, and then we'll come back, revisit what we talked about, and then finish it up. How's that sound? Good information. Again, if you want help from Ed or you want a copy of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly Annuities, you can request a copy at info at egsi.com. You can give our office a call at area code 614-526-4118, or you can visit our website at www.egsifinancial.com. And again, (laughs) I think everyone's eyes are glazed over. (laughs) That's the one humongous benefit of having a recorded podcast. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Thanks, Leanne. Thanks. When was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 102. 0619.